Shlomo Zwickler is in our studio. That's why the Imesh Chachich Yerushalayim was a very fitting uh, intro. Uh, last week, or I should say now it's already almost two weeks ago, he had the opportunity to preside over the one, one of the most incredible Yom Yerushalayim Jerusalem Day celebrations of our era as uh, we celebrated the uh, 47th year of the reunification of the Holy City. And uh, he was there in the northeast Jerusalem right on the spot uh, that we were talking about all morning long during our Jerusalem Day special, where the Israeli troops uh, came down from the northeast section of Jerusalem and ended up on our Temple Mount, uh, at least what we hope that we view as our Temple Mount, and certainly maybe one day if we do that, then the entire world will view it as our Temple Mount. Shlomo Zwickler, a belated Chag Yom Yerushalayim Sameach, and welcome to JM in the AM. How are you? Baruch Hashem, great to be here with you. Tell us first what happened on Tuesday night when everyone gathered at Beit Road for Yom Yerushalayim services. Uh, well, before the Yom Yerushalayim services, we um, had a uh, spectacular moment. It's one of those moments when a guy like me at least pinches himself and asks, you know, what did I do to get to be the guy to do this? Um, we had the uh, fixing of the mezuzot, uh, effectively dedication ceremony for those new buildings that we uh, have now uh, completed construction of nice. over there on the uh, Mount of Olives Ridge. Effectively the first uh, Jewish construction project in that area of Yerushalayim ever, because even back in the day when Yerushalayim was under our Jewish control 2,000 years ago, and more than that, uh, this area was never really populated with Jews. Um, it was an open uh, undeveloped area, uh, so it's a pretty big deal, um, and uh, it's also part and parcel of that you know, Jewish territorial contiguity around the old city, and it's at a critical crossroads, so critical, in fact, that strategically speaking, when uh, the modern Jewish heroes, the paratroopers of 1967, uh, liberated Yerushalayim 47 years ago, we just celebrated that night, that Tuesday night, this is the area where they staged their attack, in which, in fact, they conducted the final battle before the command was given to take back uh, Harabayat and to unfurl the Israeli flag there for the first time in 2000 years. We had lots of people in attendance, uh, no less than Naftali Bennett, uh, who is now a government minister, who's uh, known to, uh, of course, your audience and also known to Beta Road supporters. He, one of his first uh, appearances, even though he didn't appear in person, he appeared by satellite in the, the U.S. was at our dinner a couple of years back. Um, and also Uri Ariel, Minister of Housing, appropriate. It's also a uh, very important person in the whole uh, enterprise of settling Eretz Israel over the past 30 or 40 years or so. And also he's, of course, the Minister of Housing in the current government. Very impactful as well. We're both on hand. And uh, it impacted them so much that later that evening, um, when they went on to, you know, there are several celebrations in Yerushalayim, on Yom Yerushalayim, several places to be, several um, uh, places to daven, etc., and one of the classic places is uh, towards midnight. There's always the the uh, now traditional um, get together at Yeshivat Merkazarav, which is of course where it's view of the cooks that's how uh, um, uh, officiated. He was the Rosh Hashiva for many many years, the son of Avraham Yitzchak Cook, and it was Rotsiu who was the ideological father of the whole Gushimuni movement. All the major religious Zionist rabbis of today are somehow either students of or students of students of Rotsiu. And so at Merkaz Rada, was a big Yom Yerushalayim celebration. And uh, when Naftali Bennett and Uriara, both of them, spoke there at Merkaz Arav, they talked about the moving moment for them in dedicating the new neighborhood of Beit Orot. We had in attendance there uh, um, Daphna Ashkenazi, who's the granddaughter of Giora, 
and uh, people who are familiar with the story of the founding of Beit Rot and the story of 1967 that you and Mayor Weingarten discussed on Yom Yerushalayim know that Gior Ashkenazi was one of the company commanders of the paratroopers, the paratroop corps. And that's the famous story of Hanan Porat and Micha Chorin, etc. And he died in battle there, the place which later became Beit Rot. And, and his granddaughter was with you. Yeah, that night. And it was a very, very moving moment. We should stress something that you just mentioned uh, in passing, and that is that Beta Road was in a completely undeveloped area right. before you got there. I say that because the neighbors that you have in the Beta Road area are not, not always happy with these housing dedications, <laughs> frankly. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess uh, to put it bluntly, they had their opportunity to do whatever they wished at that uh, point for many, many centuries. Well, well, yeah, well, we actually we had a very um, significant visitor uh, just before Yom Yerushalayim to Beit Arot. Not exactly to Beit Arot, but right next door to Beit Arot. You know, the Pope came to visit That's right. uh, Israel, uh, the Holy Land, as he calls it. Um, and his the Pope's house, the, the, uh, the official residence of the Pope, and therefore the Vatican ambassador, is uh, literally two doors away from... Have from, I seen it from the outside without realizing You it? have seen it. In fact, everybody's seen it. It's the building that has a big flagpole on it, and the flag only flies there when he's in town. So the day before Yom Yerushalayim, his yellow and white flag was flapping in the wind. And in fact, we were under lockdown. It was a whole... It was very difficult to access, and we had a, we were really worried that he wasn't going to leave before Yom Yerushalayim, and that would have been a disaster. <laughs> but I guess somebody gave him some good advice to uh, fly away. Before uh, the Jews, you know, uh, come in. That must so have been interesting. Yeah, it was worldwide attention on your corner of the world. Although you're used to worldwide attention on your corner of the world. Shlomo Zwickler is here. What happened on Wednesday, Yom Yerushalayim, during the day up at Beit Harot? Uh There were more people than we anticipated. Who Probably the most up. ever. Uh, I don't know the biggest ever, but uh, we definitely. Uh, at one point, I walked out into the inner courtyard where we have these uh, shiurim. Uh, in, the mor- in the morning, we have these shiurim where many, as it goes in Israel, many of the shivot, almost everybody in the Datilumi world at least, comes up to Yerushalayim, the morning of Yom Yerushalayim. Right. And uh, they need to go somewhere afterwards because there's a lot of time between the morning, you know, Vatikan in the morning and the Rikud Galim, the uh, flag dances they call it, through town, and then the old city in the afternoon. So where did they hang out? So now the, a lot of people have been coming to hang out, a lot of the yeshivot have been coming to hang out at Beit Rot, and we have had these shiurim with many uh, well-known rabbinim, at least well-known in Israel, Rav Shmuel Liao was there, Rav Eli Ben-Dahan was the Deputy Minister of Religious Affairs, um, Rav Chaim Drukman came to speak, Wow. Uh, etc. And of course, Rav Dani Isaac, the Rosh Shiva Beitorot. And at one point, we had, I think, uh, there must have been a thousand people <laughs> just swarming around the inner courtyard there, which has, of course, gotten smaller because now we're, you know, the we prepared the construction site also, the next stage right. of construction. Um, there are a lot of people, and of course, the highlight of the day, aside from all of the various Tulim and aside from uh, the um, the hikes going out in all directions. We have that big crane lift right. on uh, on the Yom Yerushalayim. The uh, for now once a year that we do it, and we're looking to make it permanent, but God willing, and we're working on that very um, very uh, very fiercely. Um, but that was an amazing moment because you get to be lifted up about 60 meters, figure about a 20 story building up in the air above Harat Sofim. And to see a view which is uh, unmatched anywhere. Is that view um, uh, on the website? Can people see what you saw that day? Are there photos up there? Yes, you can. In fact, I think, I'm not sure we posted on the website yet, just realizing that now, but certainly on our Facebook page, both mm. the, both the Beirut Facebook page as well as my Facebook page, there is an, actually a video clip of the of, of a person standing on the uh, lift, on the crane lift, 
going up and then coming back down. So you get the whole experience of the view, et cetera, et cetera. It is quite, quite something to see. Unbelievable. Uh, Shlomo Zwickler is here, by the way, speaking of website, email, et cetera. Uh, Beta Road still on a weekly basis continues, and this is a good week, by the way. Parsha Schloss. This, is, this is a good week to sign up. <laughs> this is my favorite Parsha. This, this is a is very good week to sign up. Yeah. Every, every, what is it, Friday morning they get it? Every Friday morning. Every Friday morning. You'll you find it in your inbox, words of Torah from the Rosh Hashiva and others. Uh, at the Beto Road, and uh, very simple. Go to BetoRoad.org. Sign up right there at right. BetoRoad.org. No IL. Just, just BetoRoad.org. We're, we're, we're universal. Right. Uh, BetoRoad.org. We spell Beto with B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T, one word, dot org. And right there on the uh, homepage, there's a sign-up form. You can sign up for the Orota Parasha, we call it. And it's not just a Dvar Torah, which, of course, is significant and important, but as we like to say, it's one of the, um, uh, I don't want to say only, but one of the unfortunately few pieces of Devei Torah and the Parsha, which you can get from a uniquely religious Zionist perspective. Right. That's very important. And like I said, it's the perfect week to sign up, so go ahead and do so. Shlomo Zwickler is here. Summer is coming. I say this now, the second week of June, because people are making plans for July and August. And one of the things we encourage people to do this time of year is to get Beit Road onto their tour schedule. I would assume that, again, this summer... Like every summer, you and your staff will be prepared for anybody who wants to come and see the amazing uh, yeshiva, the brand new neighborhood, and of course the entire area of Beit Road. A hundred percent, and uh, our tours, uh, you know, take you to places that people aren't familiar with. Unfortunately, get to see places not only behind the headlines, but to see places of our history which are not so well traveled. Um, whether it's the uh, eastern slope of Harazetim, which uh, we're hoping and working now to create as a national park, for that matter. Uh, which is take, affords you a view onto Malaya, the Mim in the Judean Desert, now towards Har Sartava, and, 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 and even now to the clear to see the, you know, Harim Moav, to see Jordan, um, et cetera, um, places that people don't regularly go to and visit. Um, a visit, of course, to see the uh, Tatspit from atop of Amik Tzurim, which is uh, looking out towards the a view of the entire skyline of the city, both the modern city as well as the ancient city, and to gain a uh, very, very unique perspective on, I guess you could say, the intersection or the crossroads of of the political history, the strategic significance, the demographic balance that is uh, right now uh, shifting, um, and uh, all of, of course, the work that we're involved with and that we're pushing in this area to forge the idea to create the reality in people's minds, because the reality is on, certainly on the ground, that this is just another part of, normative part of Jewish Jerusalem. Um, the best tour web address, email address, the best way to set up a tour would be? The best way to do it is, once again, go to beitorot.org, B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T.org. Click there on the word English if you can't hack it in Hebrew. It's right up there on top. And then there's like a very, very large icon for tours. And you just click on the tour button and sign up, fill out the form, sign up for one of our tours. And you will be doing the bar mitzvahs, the bat mitzvahs, whatever, whatever type of celebration people want. You take care of the whole thing for them. They should check it out. Yes, if there's someone who's doing a bar mitzvah celebration this summer, one of the big questions people often have is, okay, great, so I go to the Kotel. That's a pretty easy uh, <laughs> thing to do. Go to the Kotel, grab a bima, make a minion. <laughs> but then I want to you know, celebrate with my friends. I want to you know, uh, give them a little bit of something to eat, give them some breakfast, et cetera, et cetera, or brunch, maybe even do a tour out of the whole thing. And unfortunately, they're a very, it's a very tight space down there, there around the Kotel and the very limited options uh, around the Kotel and even in the old city, plus they're also very expensive. 
Um, well, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from the Kotel, as Beto wrote. And in fact, if we uh, have enough advance warning, and advance warning means a couple of days, um, you can actually even get a bus arranged for your guests to meet you outside of the Kotel Plaza and about a five or, if there's traffic, ten-minute bus ride up to Beto Rote. And we have this beautiful courtyard, and we can provide a brunch and combine it with one of our tours of the area so you can put some content in it and also make an important statement and expose your friends to a part of Jerusalem they probably haven't seen before, and more significantly than that, to learn more about the issues that are probably at the uh, cusp of Jewish activism today. Shlomo Zwickler is here, Beit Arot, Jerusalem. Check it out online, beitarot.org, B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T.org. It's Monday, plenty more coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM. It's JM in the AM at 25 minutes after 8 o'clock. Shlomo Zwickler visiting us from Beit Road, Jerusalem. Of course, this is the time of year where those of you who are heading to Israel July and August during the summer months, you want to play, make sure to plan your tour of Beit Road, see an area of Jerusalem. And if you've never been there, I guarantee you've never seen anything like it. Uh, and you've never seen Jerusalem from that perspective, from northeastern, from the northeastern part of the city. Uh, go to the Beit Road website, beitarot.org, B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T.org, and you can check out what's happening uh in Beto Road, and you can see some great photos, and you can plan your tour, your next visit to Jerusalem. J.M. and the A.M. with a reminder that Mayor Weingarten is coming up at the uh, top of the hour, 9 a.m. Eastern Time with the Israel Show. One of the things Mayor's going to be discussing, by the way, is the Israeli election. You know, there's an election tomorrow in Israel. You're actually out of the country for the election. How do you like that? I don't have a right to vote. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's still funny. You would never miss a general election, right? No, never would. Um, do you remember the first year you voted in Israel? Do you remember what it was? I do. It was the year that um, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu beat current President Shimon Peres. 96. By, by, yeah, by like a minuscule of a percentage. Does that make sense? 96? Yeah, that was ni- it was 1990. So it was 1996. That was my first, the first time I voted as an Israeli citizen. It was a very monumental moment for me. Oh, yeah. Um, but it also was very critical. When that year, every vote counted. And that was, I want, you know, you remember what the context was. Robin was just assassinated. Right. And Perez became prime minister by default. And without a doubt, if Perez would have been elected, because he wasn't elected the first time, he would would have won the election, certainly he would have continued down the Oslo path. Um, And uh, for those of us who believe in the... uh, I should say the the the, the uh, fullness of the land of Israel, etc. It was a one of those Yehareigva al Yavor moments, and um, uh, it was very critical. And it was a very it was almost like you had this euphoria in the morning when we woke up and and Bibi had just just pulled out uh, the victory. He actually what was it? He he lost right when he went to sleep, and then by the time the morning came, the votes had indicated he won. Right, the projections in right. the, when you went to sleep, if if you went to sleep. Right, as I recall, the end of the night. as I recall, I think I stayed up all night. It was <laughs> it was, it was on Spielkes, as they say. Um, but yeah, I think it was like six thirty in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning. They finally had the final vote tally, and everything is of course counted by hand in Israel. Um, for the most high tech startup nation, we still count right. paper. Yeah, imagine that. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, and uh, it was just utter euphoria. It was it was, it was like a, a feeling like the as if the Mashiach came or something. It was like, it was like the salvation moment. Um, and, and I remember she was very one of the most interesting comments, which which still are with us to this day. When Perez was asked, "What do you make of the election result? How do you feel about it?" etc. On a talk show about a week later, 
You know, so he said, oh, the Jews beat the Israelis. Right. That was the comment. I remember that. And, uh, that's a, that's a going, it's a going, uh, conversation. You know, what, what does it mean, you know, the Jewish state? Right. What is, you know, the, the connection of the two together? Israel is the Jewish state. So why do we say Jewish state is the Israeli state, et cetera, et cetera? Here's, here's my unfair question to you. Sir. I don't know if you want to answer it. You don't have to. Have you voted for Netanyahu every time? Well, I mean, he's run every time, obviously, because, I mean, it works party-wise, right? Although that election was separate for prime minister only, or every time Netanyahu has been a candidate right. with his name on a piece of paper, meaning when there was been a, has been a separate election, there were right. two pieces of paper. But there were only in. two separate elections, right? No, no, no. The, there right, were more. Correct. correct. No, there, there were you're, two. You're right. There were only two times right. when there was a direct election of the prime minister. Right. The old system, which is the current system, right. is you elect the party. Correct. So both times that there was direct election of the prime minister, he got your I, vote. I I voted for Benjamin right. Netanyahu. Right. Indeed. Doesn't really answer my question, but I guess. And that's the most I'm going to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Would you vote for BB today? There's rumors he may go to early elections, you know. Um, Well, when the platform is submitted and when the campaign is underway, I'll make my decision. uh, If that platform includes annexation, you'd be more... uh You'd be more inclined to vote for All right. Let, 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 let me cut the chase, Nachum. You, you, you know my stance and my position for the most part. I'm what they call one of those mamlachti guys. Really? And um, I think that the prime minister, when all, when all said and done, has been doing a fantastic job. And I know that there's lots of complaints and lots of concern about where he's going with these things and his pronouncements in certain directions. And certainly... His Barilan speech was not something which I would consider to be a highlight of his career, and I don't right. think that the adaptation of the what they call a two-state solution was a a good thing to uh, to to commit to, etc. Although there are those who would say that Netanyahu, by embracing the two-state solution, probably did more to thwart its eventual right. uh, assumption mm-hmm. more than to uh, bring it. But again, that's a question of playing chess. So if you consider that he's playing chess, if you consider he's doing a dance, if you consider the fact that in the end of the day, the final result is that our position hasn't worsened, it's actually gotten better, and he hasn't had to withdraw or to uh, secede from anywhere, um, I think he's doing a pretty good job. That's what it would seem to me. There you and go. I, I'd even think you'd hear people like uh, Naftali Bennett saying the, saying the same thing. I think he has said the same thing. Um, Shalom. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Shlomo Zwickler is here. Are the new buildings, and I'm not referring to the uh, the ones that are now undertaking a groundbreaking. I'm talking about the re- the new buildings that we are familiar with in Beit Road now inhabited or not? Because I know you had told us at Pesach time, which of course in Israel can mean a lot of things, right? Acharech Agim. Uh, that they would be. What's the status right now? The mezuzot are up. The chashmal, the electricity is connected. The infrastructure of communications, bezek, etc. is Water? all hooked up. Water is hooked up, but it's not turned on, meaning the meters haven't put right. on yet, and therefore people haven't physically moved in. And But some people do have access to their apartments, and also the street below, it's being put in what they call in Israel, Evan Mishtalevit, which is this, uh, it's sort of like a street that's also a sidewalk. So it's a... Uh, uh, one of these, I don't know how to term it in, in, uh, in, in, in English. It's, um, it's, it's being like, kind of like, like brick full of flooring on the street. Therefore, it takes a little bit longer and that's still being done. It hasn't been completed yet. The kids are, people, the, the community is not yet in place. Let's put it that way. Do you way. think it will be by the end of August when people come to visit? I know for a fact that the contract, contractor will be in violation of the agreement if it's not. So. Meaning inhabited. Has yeah, to yeah, it right. ha- has to be, has to be right. inhabited. So maybe it. by Tishabov? When people, a lot of people will be coming after the I, first week I, of August. I, I, I've, I've stopped giving, putting dates yeah, on understand. it because I get in trouble with but that. But it's p- very but likely. It, 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 extraordinarily likely that, that, that any day now we could be uh, done and have inhabitants and be 
done with it. A new stage at Beitar Road, and this new uh, complex, uh, identical to the first one, meaning in the same goal, same size. Same no, no, different goal. The uh, the new construction, which is about to get underway, which we announced the approval that we received back at the dinner in January, that right. was for an additional three buildings, um, which is not purely residential. It's a combination of housing for our married students, what some people would call Avrichim, or I think the local terminology is Jungleite, something like that. Um, People who learn the yeshiva, they're married, they're studying usually for uh, the Rabbanut, etc., and living on campus, Um, and also a dormitory facility to finally um, answer the, 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 the capacity demands that people have for our students in the area. But of course, remember that this is not just another yeshiva. This is the yeshiva at the heart of the community, the only Jewish community on the northern ridge of Harazetim. So and the, the number of dorm students right now? How many around? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it fluctuates based on when the boys are going to the army right. or not. It can fluctuate on campus. But it's a hundred time a year. An abnormal Anytime number. From five, fifty to a hundred, and it fluctuates during over the course of the year. And this facility will allow for more, or we have the capacity therefore to double our numbers. Wow. And you do have demand from families around Israel for their children to Absolutely. come to Beit Absolutely. At the same time, uh, you know, a, a blessing, which is also a curse, as anybody who knows anything about the Israeli uh, yeshiva scene, is that there, there are there are yeshivot mushrooming and popping up right. uh, all over the place, and the competition for students has become fierce. And you would to say the, the least. And you would therefore be hesitant to start an American program or or to further your uh, activities for foreign students or you would be more inclined to do so? Well, I'll answer you in the following way. We have a phenomenon which I'm not really sure how to explain where many um, second year American students from one of the typical American yeshivas often will come um, to a yeshiva like ours because they want a more uh, Israeli experience and or they want to uh, blend in to go to the army through a Hezder program right. and a Hezder unit, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll often have boys like that. In a right, second the year example. Right. Correct, right. Cor- correct. Um, and also we have an unbelievable number of Israeli-Americans or American-Israelis. I don't know how to term that exactly. Yeah, you do have a lot of English speakers we, Right, there. right, we do. And that's a, it's a phenomenon. The only way I can explain it is what we call second-generation Americans, I right? Because they, the parents, like, look like my kids kind right. of thing. Um, and I guess the way you explain it is because Americans who make Aliyah tend to be, you know, idealistic. People who make Aliyah from America, you know, it's, you're not making Aliyah. Well, maybe now you are. But at least 20 years ago, you weren't making Aliyah necessarily for financial reasons. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, and you, you made Aliyah because you felt strongly about living in Israel. And if you're already doing that, it means you have a knack for idealism, you have a knack for ideology, and you went to live in places that were not near your typical, you know, easy life, et cetera, et cetera. And you raise your children with this certain burning desire to do something actively, to be involved, to something which is cutting edge. Plus, it seems English speakers always gravitate toward Jerusalem anyway. <laughs> uh, that's also true. That's right. also true. There's always a kind of, they always want part of Jerusalem in their lives. A certain version of the Jerusalem syndrome. No question about <laughs> it. No question about it. Final words with Shlomo Zwickler coming up. It's Monday at JM in the AM. JM in the AM, Monday morning with Simcha Liner. Uh, 64 degrees. Rain out there and a high temperature of 74. You'd think we were broadcasting from Beit Darot. That's the type of weather we have today. Because every time we go to Beit Darot, we bring the rain and the mud. Remember that? Yeah, I, I do remember that. But you know what? By us, after Pesach, you don't really need an umbrella. Yeah, although that one summer I was in Israel, it rained during the nine days. It rained when you came the first time for Yom Yerushalayim. Oh, that was insane. I remember my, I had I had water in my car. 
Oh my God! It was <laughs> my car was flooded. The whole city was flooded. That yeah, day. it was seven I, years ago last week. And you, and you, we originally were broadcasting with you on the roof of on the Big Merpesa, the right. Inbal. Correct. And we moved inside right. to your and like, thank room. God we moved inside. Although yeah. boy, did that destroy that show. <laughs> I don't know what it is with me and weather. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but the last time I was in Israel, there was a big blizzard. Are you familiar with that? You know, I think I recall <laughs> something like that this past winter. Is that was that this past winter? Uh, yeah, yeah, that wow, Thursday that we were supposed to be at Beit Arot. Yeah, but I brought you anyway. I can't remember that. You were very impressed with my driving skills. Well, you drive like an American in snow, thank God. <laughs> I can tell you a hundred stories. Did you read my post that I did? Yes. You saw it? Yes, I saw your post. I mean, come on. Water the snow. That's an effective way of getting rid of it. <laughs> it's freezing outside. Let's use water. Now, 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 the week of Parshat Shlach, we don't want to be, right. we don't want to, uh, you know. By the way, you should know, that. before I wrote that whole thing about what it was like to be in Israel and Yerushalayim specifically during the blizzard, I said to myself, I want, you know, Uray Batuv Yerushalayim. I really don't know. I hope people realize that it's like you were just having fun, so to speak, you know, comparing cultures and backgrounds. I hope people don't think that I was uh, too negative about that. Well, but I, I worried about that, and this is the week to worry about those well, things. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I'll give you this. I think in what I would call the default listening audience and the default reach, the natural reach of, of, uh, Jame and the aim of Nachum Siegel, et cetera, et cetera. I think people pretty much get where you're coming from and what you're saying and that it's all in good favor and in good fun and oh, it's all for, for personal concern. It made me feel better. Right. I, I, th- I think you're, I think you're pretty safe in that regard. Where will you be this Shabbos when I, when I need you to make me feel better about not living in Israel when I read Parsha Shlach? Uh, un- unclear yet, Nachum, unclear yet, Nachum, but, uh, you won't be let, 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 let me tell you this, let me tell you this, the, the, the words of Kalev and Yifune. Are, are words to live by. Because people think that the Miraglim, that the chet that they made, that their greatest sin, and maybe this is me personally talking, I'm not sure. I, 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 I've, I've learned, I've talked about this so much and learned so much stuff about this. I, mean, I don't know who I'm quoting anymore from quoting anybody. It's my only original thought. I have no idea. So <laughs> excuse me for, 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 for not quoting properly if I'm, if I'm doing so. Good. But everybody thinks that the chet of the Miraglim is that they went there and they lied about Eretz Israel. You know what? They didn't lie. They didn't lie. They told it like they saw it. They told it what they said, what they saw. And it's very, very fearful. You know, when you're living out in the desert and you have Amud Hanan, you have Amud, you have Amud Aish and Amud Hanan, and you have Man coming out of the sky, and every all, every concern of yours is being taken care of. You know, and to think you have to go to fight these people. And, and, and to conquer, and, and then once I fought them and I've conquered the land, then I have to build infrastructure. And I've got to set a societal norm, and I, I've got to work. I've got to work intellectually. I've got to work physically. Who wants to work? Who wants to do all that? It's like, give me a break. We'll stay right here. And basically, what the, their sin <clears throat> was not a lie, and the sin was also not even about the fact that they didn't want to do what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted them to do, what God wanted them to do. Their sin was that they didn't believe in the power of the Jewish people. Because mm. what did Kalev say back to them? What was his response? We can do it. Those are the key words. We have the capability. We have the power. We have the genetic composition. We have the intellectual capacity. We're the people who can make that difference, who can make that change. God created the world for us to do something with it. And by the way, that's a... a that, that's it's important to point this out. This generation continues like the generations in the modern state of Israel before them, 
to prove that uh, amazing things can be accomplished in the Holy Land that affects the entire world. Like Rav Cook said himself over a hundred years ago, the challenge is liot poel imel, right? To be active with God, exactly. with Hashem, and that's the challenge of, of of Am Yisrael. That's what we're that's what we're meant to do. We're not meant to sit idly by and say, oh, you know, the Mashiach will come and we'll get up and go. Habibi, the Mashiach's not going to come. You have to bring him. That's it. You have to anoint him. You have to pick him. <sighs> Good message. Padaraba. <laughs> have a kayat uh, na'im, as they say. In Beit Arot and Kochav HaShachar. And uh, anybody who would like to get in touch with Shlomo Zwickler and his staff, the family at Beit Arot, to take advantage of their tours all summer long in northeast Jerusalem, just go to the website, beitarot.org, B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T dot org, and enjoy it. It's an amazing experience. It's a, it's a great chunk of time that you get to see some amazing things, and you will not regret it. Your family will love it, and uh, you could spend an entire day with Shlomo Zwickler and his staff. It's a great opportunity to become familiar with some of the great challenges and great opportunities to be connected to the Jewish future and to take part in it, frankly, once you learn about it, which is important part and parcel of the whole the whole effort. And let me just mutter out, uh, again, the details, the website, betarot.org, everybody heard a few times already. And if you're in Yerushalayim, if you're already in town or if you want to make a long-distance call from here, the number you want to call is 02-628-4155. Again, that's 02-628-4155. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see you in Eretz Yisrael. We'd love to see you in Yerushalayim. And we'd love to entertain you, to inform you, and Be'ezrat Hashem to inspire you. Toda Rabash, Thank you for having me, Nachum. Monday morning, it's JM in the AM.